welcome again to the Tag and Brando podcast. We are going to ask you guys some questions um, by asking each other questions, but you're, you can participate in your own space. If you want to. Yeah, why not? Do what you got to do. And uh, just kind of... Fuel, fuel some some uh, conversation out there. Just get your get your mind going, and you know what? Ask a stranger, make a new friend. Next time you're on like a bus or waiting in line for Dangerous. a deli sandwich, Scary. or taking your kids to the park, you know, just seesaw. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they will be on the seesaw with you afterwards because you will then be friends. <laughs> for sure <laughs> that's usually how my new friendships break down hey nice to meet you wondered need a partner for the seesaw could you hop on the extra end for me you you, you look pretty great. comparable to my counterpart my counterweight our, our weight and size must be similar yes <laughs> help me on this simple machine please oh man don't cherry drop me though cherry bomb me though that'd be terrible don't jump off the end of friendship am i right yeah. it's a deal breaker exactly <laughs> oh man that did you do you do you remember the movie the movie bullies with like rick moranis and tom arnold no oh i do not well like uh there's a seesaw scene um in there that's just basically like uh he used to he was always like you know cherry bomb the rick moranis when they were kids uh-huh. And then they're adults, and he's still, like, is kind of bullying him. And so they're on the seesaw again. And, spoilers, I guess, if anybody cares about this movie. <laughs> but um, uh, Tom Arnold, he does it. You know, he's like, oh, oh, I'm going to step off. And Rick Moranis is like, okay, whatever. And so when he steps off, like, Rick Moranis just puts his feet on the ground. So, like, he just he doesn't, like, hit his butt, right? And he's uh-huh. just like, I'm not a kid anymore. And then Tom Arnold just grabs the seesaw and hits him in the crotch with it. Uh, Not great. I mean, he didn't see it coming. Still a bully. Yeah, exactly. Messed up. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we're not talking about bullies today. We are talking about the question of the day, which will make your new friend, along with triggered memories and... Um, just, you know, anything you want to talk to your friend about. Talk to him about anything. So, Taggart. Yes. There's a lot of mystery out there. We've talked a little bit about some mysteries and things like we that. We have. We have, yes. My question to you. Yes, sir. I'm actually going to kind of jump a little bit differently because I know you have a little bit more, maybe uh, a little bit of history with this. What would make you, what evidence would you need... To believe that the moth in life man, after love. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The, that, yeah, the Mothman is what? That now? the Mothman exists. Uh, what? What would I? What kind of evidence would I need? Like, what needs to be laid in my lap for me to be detective and be like, hmm, he's definitely real. Right. So we don't need to limit this necessarily to the Mothman. This could be any kind of cryptozoological or mythological-esque creature. Bigfoot, the Yeti. 
Yes. Loch Ness Monster. Nessie. Nessie, yeah. The Chupacabra. Goat Eater. Yes, goat. Uh, what what kind of evidence would you need? Like, I mean, like, basic thing would be, you know, you, you, re- you see it on the news or you read an article about it or something like that, right? Yeah. So, like, walk me through this. Like, what, what, we'll, we'll take the Mothman for, for instance. What do you know about the Mothman? What, like, just broad strokes, what have you heard, like, you know, of stories that, of people who do believe it? Um, uh, Mothman is a, is a creature, a part man moth. Um, <laughs> Descriptive. Got it. <laughs> you got nice. it? Yeah. He got, he got wings. He got scary eyes, sometimes scary teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't look like the guy that you're like, hey, do you want to jump on the other side of the seesaw for me? <laughs> He's not that guy. He's um, got wings, man. You can't cherry bomb wing, man. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He'd just jump up and fly away. Yeah. But uh, the Mothman, y- you don't want him around because when you see him, he is an omen of bad things to come. Right. So Bridge you know, collapses. Yeah, Such you know, people so die. That that was the big one, right? Right. So, the, uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know if I want evidence that he's that he um, exists because that would mean that I would probably see him or some facsimile thereof, and and that just bodes uh, bad times, not mm-hmm. good times. Okay. Bad times, bad times. You know. Okay, let's um, take somebody a little less. Uh, ominous, we'll, we'll, yeah, ominous. It's a good one. Yeah, Thank a little, you. a little less uh, uh, harbinger of doom. Well, what about yeah. something? What about something like the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot? You know, something that people swear is real. We have some vague, you know, examples of su- pseudo evidence kind of stuff. Um, some people think. You know they'll they'll spend every day looking and trying to make it. But what would take what would it take to convince you? I'll tell you this: I've watched those discovery things and whatever when they're like searching for Bigfoot, and I always watch it going in like they're gonna have some new stuff for us. This is a new one. Like they haven't been out with a one. And it's the same. There's I mean they might have they have some vague new people who are like yep. He real. Um, <laughs> I've done seen him. He come down and eat eat, eat right from my cherry tree. I see yeah. it. <laughs> he I seen me, it. He asked me for a toothpick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and at and I, and every time I go in and I'm like, he I don't want, like no apricots. <laughs> no, I try to give him an apricot. No, he did he, not. He spit the pit in my face. He did not like it. No. Um. I, I go in. I want to. I'm like, this is it. Give me some new evidence that I'm like, oh. Okay, now I am quandarized. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a word. <laughs> I, uh, you know, whether I believe it or not. We're making you know, up people. We're making up stories. We're making up words. You know, half word, half sounds. Um, and I come out at the end always like, no, you didn't get me. You didn't get me. I learned zero things about this. Some guy was like, that tree had hair, but it was a tree. But maybe it was actually Bigfoot. Um, so I, I I don't know what that means speci- specifically of what I 
specifically of what I would actually need to believe it. Uh huh. But uh, more than those programs deliver, if that is clear to some people. <laughs> um, okay, so so basically, I don't want to say that I I gotta you, see him in you, real life to believe, but so, I might, I might. Okay, you have to know. see see it in real life. Because here's the thing: you're 100 percent right. Like looking, watching those TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this thing has got like you know 12 episodes or whatever, right? Right. And but what are they building towards? That's the biggest thing. Is it's like, you know, oh, like you know, is there going to be a big reveal? Are they going to find Bigfoot at the end of the season? If they do, if they did find it, wouldn't I hear it like? heard about it in the news like it's it's gotta yeah it's it's yeah and all that's the worst part about those they build and 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 build to get to maybe we'll never know if bigfoot really exists and you're like i watched how many hours of this to get to that right that's always how it is man and you're just like yeah somebody paid somebody to make this oh um so yeah, I think so you think like so if it did come out in the news, would you would you be like, "Oh man, I guess he really exists." Or for a reputable like, source, uh like who's I mean, a reputable source? I mean, come on. So, uh, newspaper <laughs> <laughs> Newspaper, eh, I don't know. If it comes out in a scientific journal that has been uh, you know, uh uh peer reviewed peer reviewed and things like that 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 would be more uh it would hold more weight for me than than say a, a new york times or whatever newspaper you Ooh, even pick out of a hat okay yeah buddy I, I it's gotta be in a scholarly journal okay if this is if we're going hard if we're going you know science science then that should be you know i don't know that's where i'm going with it it's got to be scienced okay. It's true science. Be true science. <laughs> okay. You know, none of this uh, half science jazz. Right. Because I just, um, I just find it interesting because you think about how long some of these things have been going. I mean, like you know, oh, Nessie know. goes back, you know, couple, you know, if not like cent, like a century or so, like cu- several decades, and and everything, and you know, we have supposed video of Bigfoot, and you know the Yeti legends and all this kind of different stuff all over the world and everything like that. And it just, it just makes me think I'm like, I would probably have to see it. It would be and like, here's the problem though. Like I'd have to see it, like, like see it in the wild, interact with it. Like Harry and the Henderson style. Right. Kind of a thing. Because like, I don't even know if I would like go to like, say somebody found a, uh, carcass or maybe even just like a skeleton right of a bigfoot and you know it's like oh well this you know has been dead for 50 years but it has you know huge proportions and this that and the other it's like i would almost believe that <laughs> more than like a modern bigfoot right. you know because because then no they're not like trying as hard <laughs> you know what i mean like, right. So you're like, like, oh, they did. They did exist, and somebody maybe saw them, but they they died out a long time ago. Right. Exactly. And so I don't know, because like you said, like it have to be like, you know, 
like scientists, like people that I think, like I really feel like I can trust have like examined the hair and found that it's not synthetic and examined everything. Um, Let me pause this real quick. And we're back. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it just would be something that you would really need to, sorry, that you would really need to, like, because I don't know enough about, you know, if I saw, like, you know, thing in the woods or something like that, I don't even know if I would believe it still, right? Right. (laughs) You'd be like, that's just got to be a guy in a suit, right? I mean, like, I got nothing to go off of. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. So I'd have to, you know, kind of like be like real, I don't know, it'd be really hard to convince, I think. And not to call on like, you know, like, oh, man, can we believe anything these days? But it's just interesting that uh, there's just, there's so much, there's so much reason to hoax it. And there's so many attempts at hoaxing it that like, you know, it's it's a weird middle ground where people are like, well, I can't just like, you know, like stuff a dummy, you know, and call it Bigfoot. That's going to get me nowhere. Like, that's going to get me like, you know, people are going to scrutinize the crap out of it. And, you know, so I'm going to say that this this crap, literal poop is Bigfoot's because how are yeah. they going to, you know, they're really going to be able to tell. And we'll probably yeah. just find out in the future that Bigfoot was really just a time traveler cosplay Chewbacca. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Walking across the street like, how did I get here? What? Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, this the hard thing San for Diego. me... <laughs> the hard thing for me about it is just the time. There's been so much time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, we have found elusive snow leopards and things like this that uh, you just, you know. Right. But we can't find, a, a, a you know, a 13-foot-tall snow monster or a Bigfoot or a, a dinosaur-sized monster in the the Scottish lock that's really not even that big. Like, uh, have, have you Have you heard of the, the supposed, like, under... Oceanic channel that like links it to like Bear Lake in southern yeah. Utah or yeah. northern Utah or whatever. No, yeah, yeah. Lake Powell. I, I, I can't remember one of those two. Lake Powell. Lake yes. Powell. Something like yes. that. I have heard this, but also, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, wouldn't that just dump it in the ocean and then it would like, yeah. Well, that would it would, it would have to be that. so deep. It would have to be so deep because I have to go all the way, and and the Mid Atlantic Ridge is nothing you really want to be crossing under the water because there's a lot of volcano ness right sure. there. Yeah. There's no way you're getting Sounds, across that without you know at least some hot pads. Yeah. And also, isn't mm-hmm. the Scottish Lock is that not fresh water? Yeah. So why you got to be going over it into the sea? Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, I don't think it goes through this. I don't. But that's I don't what know. I'm saying there's yeah. no way it's going <laughs> under the ocean. It's so, I asked like the I guess water I didn't would think about evaporate that. if you get down that that deep under the ocean. Yeah, like, oh, it's too hot down here. Yeah. Buy water. 
Guess you're walking, Nessie. Uh, <laughs> you're walking in this pressurized hotbed. That's not how the world works. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, again, like, I don't even know because, like, like if you were at if you went to Loch Ness and you saw something like off in the distance, you know, like oh man, could that possibly be it? Like, no, I mean possibly, but no, <laughs> like that thing needs to come up and that thing needs to do a lot of stuff that only animals can do right. before I believe it. Because right, like animatronics. I mean, we all saw Jurassic Park. That thing didn't work in the water, but we've come a long way some people you know there are people i guess that you know went the road of cgi and there are people maybe that really want to give real animatronics a try but i don't know the other explanation is we live in the matrix and whoever's running the matrix is playing tricks every now and then. Oh, yeah. They get bored and they're like, yeah, throw in a Bigfoot. <laughs> right. Oh, but whoops, your camera got fuzzy somehow, but every other picture it takes is perfectly crystal clear. Whoopsie. Matrixed. You know? Matrix. Right. Um, that's the thing, buddy. That's the thing. that that's, another, that's the other part of it. How many people have been to the lock to take pictures and all we have are fuzzies, fuzzy no goods. Right. Come on. Well, same thing with like UFOs and and whatever else you know. Yeah, UFOs out there. is a is a different thing. I'm inclined towards the other way on the UFO talk. Oh, uh, okay. Which is uh, weird. Um, <laughs> so UFOs are will convince me that they're not real because <laughs> they are real. I mean. Uh, I don't know. There, the one that that I'm like, huh, was, uh, uh I don't know any of the specifics, but it was a, <laughs> it it was um, fighter jet sighting, uh, from, uh, jet pilots that are in the the you know the, uh, the air force. Of course. Uh huh. Um, they're out running a. Like, uh, you know, some exercises or whatever. Uh-huh. One of the guys in some one sorties. of the planes is like the commander. Like he's the, uh, you know, I, I don't know his rank, but he's like the leader of the whole business that's going on right there, doing the exercise or whatever. He's the man in charge. He's a big guy on the pole. Right. So, and, uh. And they have a, a, a UFO sighting that's like hovering above the water out in the middle of the ocean. And they're like, what is that? And they like went and investigated it and went around it and looked at it for a few minutes before it like just so fast like went. Mm-hmm. And then, but it went and then stopped where some of the other pilots were. And so they saw it again over in a different area. Um, and it's just like, what in the world? Anyways, I listened to that guy speak as a real man, like as a person, the, <laughs> oh, the like commander as a, guy, like in, he, in person. No, no, no. I didn't was, I wasn't like, give me tickets. Um, but I, I, I listened to an interview with him and it was a video interview. So I saw him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was a comp, very level headed person. And like, you know, uh, you know, retired, 
from the Air Force or whatever. He, he right. You know, obviously was a it was a high level officer of some kind. Um and he's you know, not some guy who has all these UFO stories. He's like, I got the one and you know, we have it on radar and stuff, you know? Right. Um and he showed the video and the thing that I watched of the radar. I was like they you could see it for a second and then it was just you know, and it was we're, made some weird movements and it was gone. You're like, that's really weird. Anyways, so th- there's that. Um, weird stuff, but uh, but yeah. The, the thing that gets me about uh, when we're talking, we're talking about uh, you know just changing subjects here to aliens and everything. And like you said, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot more. There's a lot more unexplained stuff that right, the right. average person couldn't fake, right? So, right. like, you know, you can, you know, doctor a photograph, you can um, make a Bigfoot mold and do kind of all kinds of different stuff, right? Right. But the stuff you're talking about where people who know their stuff, you know, you know, pilots respected you know commander obviously he says listen i know it wasn't this i know it wasn't this i know it wasn't this it like it was something i can't explain and that's what you know the one that uh comes to my mind is back a couple years ago with uh there was that comet kind of thing that like took like a hard like turn in space, mm, do you remember this? Yeah, uh, vaguely. That sounds yeah vaguely familiar. I think it was called like Owamawama or o something like that. Like I don't know some uh, something because it was discovered in from the Hawaii Ab- Observatory and stuff. Oh, but okay. yeah, it makes like this like discernible like turn where you're like, there's no physical reason that some space object would do that right and so that kind of stuff where it's just like nobody's you know unless the footage itself i guess could be doctored or whatever the readings and what have you but like it would take like a lot of different stuff but like that kind of stuff where it's like nobody's putting an object in space you know if they are then yes they're the alien (laughs) like Right, like you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, I think that would be interesting to be like, oh yeah, aliens possibility. Bigfoot, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying it's been dead for a while, and you know, you're gonna have to dig up a corpse or something (laughs) if you're gonna convince anybody. Exactly. You know that kind of stuff. Um, But I just think it's interesting, like when if if the story broke. You know, if if you saw it on this news channel or you saw it on, you know, the weekly, wor- or the weekly world news, is that the word? Is that the one? What is that one? Sure. What's the tabloid? Twenty. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. The yeah. weekly world news. I think that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, where are you gonna like when you read it? Where are you gonna believe it? <laughs> you know, like yeah, I would love to weekly. see it. Ooh. I would love to see it. Yeah, on the weekly world news. Being like, 
we told you, we told you. And it's just the, like, the, yeah, the yeah. inquirer. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I guess that must be real. Yeah. So, you know, the truth is out there, everybody. But even Scully, after season after season of seeing the weirdest crap, still like, didn't I believe. Just don't know aliens are alive. Yeah, just couldn't believe anything. It's like you have been abducted and you were put back after surviving <laughs> some weird cancer pregnant baby and then weirdness and and what? yeah uh-huh. and it's like and it's like but what is dna like oh my gosh i can't talk to you anymore she was like <laughs> she was on that weird ship where like she aged and then she came out and she just reasons it all away she's just like oh it must have been our imagination or whatever and you're like oh mirrors. my gosh <laughs> so i mean like, smoking mirrors exactly there's i mean i guess that just goes to show that you know whether you got Bigfoot standing in front of you or not, people are just going to, oh, well, you were imagining things. It's like, well. <laughs> my husband, my hairy yeah. cousin, Tony. Exactly. Like, right. people are just going to, you know, not, just not convince themselves. So, yeah. So, check yourself. What, what is, what is your evidence? Where, where you get drawn your sources of truth? Yeah. Yeah. Great questions. <laughs> uh the other question to that is if you saw Bigfoot, yes. but you had no evidence. Oh, you, no. You saw him, interacted with it. Uh, you knew it was a creature and not like a you know, hoax kind of a thing. Would you tell anybody? Would you try to get like you know, on Finding Bigfoot and be like, this is where I seen him. This is, He was walking like this. No. The- <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, unless somebody's like, we'll pay you for stories of Bigfoot, I'd be like, can we do anonymous and you give me the same amount of money? Yeah. That, that might be fine. Otherwise, unless it comes up on conversation with trusted friends, I'm not saying anything. Right. You know, people are right. like, ah, oh, Bigfoot, haha. And I'd be like, check it, guys. Uh, he real. <laughs> uh, like, what? No, I met him. You, <laughs> I met up him. Up in the Canadian Rockies. Yeah. I think, if anything, it would be just the coolest thing to, for, like, you know, you and me or, like, two good buddies to, like, run into Bigfoot, see the whole thing, and be like, no one is ever, ever, ever going to believe us, but we believe each other, man. We That's know. Right. We know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would just be a, have to be our motto for the rest of our lives. We know. We, we know. We know. We know. Yeah. We, we got it. Oh, man. Anyway. So yeah, so get out there, do some camping, yeah. do some right. exploring. Make sure you got a book, good buddy with you, do because it. other than that, there's no one else you need to tell. No, you just need one person that know that experiences it with you, and you're solid. That's what friends are for. It's true, you know. And you know, speaking of knowing things, what about making things from the knowledge in your brain? And that's where we're going next. Okay. <laughs> that was a little forced. Uh, <laughs> so today on the Triggered Memory, I want to talk about, so you know, we talk a lot about kid things from when we were small fries mm-hmm. or older than small fries. And this can date back then as well. But this Triggered Memory I wanted to talk about was ideas that we had for uh, 
TV shows or movies or, or maybe even some scripts that we wrote. If we want to give some idea of, of things coming out of our brain that we thought were fun that maybe other people didn't care about. <laughs> uh, what do you yeah. think about that? No, I think that's awesome. So for sure. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me when I yeah. think of uh, when I'm t- looking at looking back on my uh, my oeuvres, my scripts Ooh. and such, um, when uh, I was about eighteen or so, I thought of a new James Bond script. Now, did you write this or did you just thought of it? I. Don't really put a lot of things to paper. Ooh. <laughs> so, no. Okay. But, um, so this is a... Uh, typed it up then. Yeah. This is not, this is non-typed up. This is just, oh, this oh, is just oh. off the cuff. Oh, um, yeah. So, basically, um, it is a story about um, our, our beloved 007... It was uh, in the vein of Pierce Brosnan as uh, it was still about that time before Daniel Craig had his debut and everything like that. Nice. Uh, And I'll just give you like a couple of broad strokes on on what what, this is. This is the elevator pitch, basically. Okay. Um, So James is... uh, Oh man, how does it start? Hold on, I know I should have written this, written this down. Nope. <laughs> um, Nailing it so far. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, it, it starts with you. Yep, starts starts there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what happens. So so James has like a little side mission. You know like some like some of the openers is is he he's on like a mission already, kind of like in Casino Royale where you know he, he has his little side thing. And um but this is where like a lot of the uh special effects money's going to go cuz he like he like blows up a building or something of that nature, right? So it's perfect. It's a very very right elaborate the, and all this kind of stuff. Right off the bat just blew up yes. the building. Boom. Nice. Yeah. So Perfect. Um, so when he goes to see M and you know all that kind of different stuff, uh, she's pretty cheesed off, you know, that he blew all this money on this mission and everything like that. So she then like downgrades him, so uh, he doesn't have like a bunch of his like you know resources and stuff like that. Biggest thing is when he goes down to see Q, he doesn't get a car; he gets just a motorcycle. Okay. And he gets, um, he also gets a pen that, you know, if you click it, um, you know, in a certain sequence or whatever, or you click it and hold it or something like that, um, it shoots a um, grappling hook type thing, like a, a anchor on a like high tension wire okay. in one direction, and then once you move your thumb. It, like it'll shoot it in the other direction too, right? So it's an instant zip line. It's like a zip line. Ooh, yeah, ooh, nice. exactly. So what you do is you hold the pen, hand, like the pen case or whatever it's called, like the shaft of the pen, and that's you know what you what you'll slide down on, right? right. 
pretty cool. I mean, nice. That's that's yeah. I like it. So very he, much. Yeah, he gets that. Um, you know, some other random gadgets and stuff like that, and then, uh, um, then when he. You know, he gets his motorcycle. He's like, no car. And it's like, you know, you've, you've blown up the last. It's like you've destroyed the last, you know, X number. 16 cars that we've given you. and Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, this has, you know, this feature and this feature. and just kind of gives him a motorcycle, right? So then um, when he kind of gets into the mission and everything, he gets in this chase and uh, the people like you know run down to the parking garage and they get in the car and they speed off and everything. And so he jumps on his bike to go after him. And they, the parking garage. So this is like the action sequence that I like, kind of like storyboarded out a little bit. Uh-huh. So, uh, so they come out of the garage, the parking garage, but it's um, it's um, like a basement level parking garage. So there's a big ramp to the street, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so they ramp and they go and they catch a little bit of air and then when they hit the street, you know, obviously there's cars coming and stuff like that. So uh so they get through just like this narrow gap and then the cars in front like crash. You know, one like swerves into another and like they they crash and stuff like that. So nice. James has to like he has to like gun it, you know, up this ramp and then hit like one of the you know, little featured booster thing. And so he just like, just uses the momentum of the ramp to like jump over this first like set of like, you know, two cars just like crash in uh-huh. front of him. Right. Uh-huh. So then he like, like, you know, sees them, you know, as they took like a left and everything. So he goes around and everything and he's far enough behind. And then, um, you know, he's, weaving in and out of traffic and everything. And they're down this one boulevard. And then these two black SUVs come up next to him. And he's like, you know, in the middle, like going down with all these buildings on either side. And they're like trying to like, you know, teep or like crunch him, you know, in between him or like swerve and hit him like, you know, and everything. So what he does is he like, he like pulls right ahead of them, you know, cause he can accelerate a little bit faster. Right. And he whips the pen out of his pocket turns it sideways in front of him and then clicks it and then lets go so the two darts shoot out on either like to his left and to his right and he ducks as the cable just shears the tops of the cars off and like they like swerve and like crash into each other and everything and then the (laughs) the car he's chasing turns like hard on this one street right and cuts off a semi truck and as the semi truck like slams on its brakes it's like blocking james's path so then he has to and they did this in like one of the fast and furious movies so it's like been played out by now but i thought of this like a long time ago but he he then like goes to take the turn but he lays his bike out right Right. and goes underneath the semi truck and then pulls up you know like you know, uh, straightens himself out and everything. And that's like, um, I had it like timed in like music and all this kind of different stuff. It was pretty sweet. Nice. But they end up getting away and then he has to, um, follow, um, follow the, um, the clues and everything to South Africa where 
he um this this guy is using um he's using south african or he's using african warlords to fund um his kind of like space program kind of thing um so he's supplying them with rockets and with um you know uh military aircraft and stuff like that um at the same time as you know using that those ill-gotten gains and everything like that to build his own space program and stuff like that and then he has like then the competition between the two of them you know like that always in the old school bond thing is they have to be in like a dog fight so they're like uh, in these two little, uh, little tiny fighter jet kind of things, and they have to like fight each other and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's kind of the plot there. Nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh, uh, when I'm, I was uh, on my mission in Canada, uh, I told that to my friend from Manchester, and he was like tweaking all these little things. You know, he's like, "Well, you know, James like does this and this, and I'm just like, "Okay, okay." And like, <laughs> like I think the last scene is uh, the last scene is. This is very reminiscent of if you ever saw the Gods Must Be Crazy too, but okay. um, he he like the love interest and everything like that. Like, so he's flying, you know, trying to get the bad guy. He shoots him down or whatever. Parachute, you know, like kamikaze is his plane into the other one i think is how we figured it out because then he like you know ejects and then he's floating down and she's like standing there like with binoculars like next to like a jeep or something uh-huh. and like they get they're in like radio communication and you know he's just talking to her on his way down and then like he like you know lands right next to her and then goes to like kiss her and then like the parachute like falls around them and it's like and you hear oh james or whatever uh, stupid <laughs> thing at the end and that's that's old, it yeah cheesy james von last moment yeah exactly nice. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that uh that was uh james bond uh yeah 2000 nice. james bond 2000 <laughs> yeah excellent yeah. Well, what what uh, what are, what are you scripting? What's what's what you, treatments you got? Well, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, I did a little bit of a script writing in my school when I was in college. College, okay. I will say I was never the best, but I had some <laughs> ideas. <laughs> All right. Well, some you know. which I enjoyed. Right. Um, I was thinking about this because of your question of the day. Oh, um, okay. I had a s- script that I wrote uh, for a short film uh, called Yeti or Not. Oh, um, well, that sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, and it was about a uh, domesticated Yeti that lived in the human society. He worked at uh, Macy's or some department store. Um, and it, it, uh, it, it Shortly kind of went through his life uh, uh, as he had a human girlfriend and okay and he like met her parents and it didn't go well. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so there was a few different things like this and and, and uh, 
you know, at the end, he kind of breaks up with his girlfriend, and he tr- and he has a. Uh, uh, there's some funny moments in it, but I don't remember what they were exactly. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the one of the funny. Yeah, I- one of the funny things is they're they're having like an like a an intense conversation with mm-hmm. his girlfriend and her parents, and uh, and she says something about so I don't remember, but she turns to him for support, and he's got his leg up like a cat, like cleaning his leg with his tongue. And oh, she's like, okay. oh, <laughs> like you're not even you're not even paying attention. He's like, oh, sorry, um, uh, but. Uh, so they break up uh, spoilers for those who will never see this ever. Um, <laughs> spoilers <laughs> on my movie plot that I haven't even. Oh, got um, it. But uh-huh. he has a has a existential crisis at the end where he has he he has to decide whether he is fit to live in this human world or if he should go back to the wild. Um, Ooh, okay. It started as a funny script and there are funny things about it obviously a uh, yeti with a tie mm-hmm. on and a uh, you know a a macy's uh name tag uh with a, his picture on it uh mm-hmm. employee name tag you know that's funny funny <laughs> funny visuals right um but uh but yeah the, in the end it was kind of like whoa what should he do and it was kind of almost a uh uh, I kind of left it up a little bit to the uh, to the watcher, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, kind of like at the end of uh, Castaway, like his whole life is in front of him, but where is he gonna go? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So there, that was Yeti or not? Then not much. Yeah, there you go. No, I like that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other, let's see, there was, oh, this one's terrible. Um, I wrote a Christmas one for Christmas about uh, about uh, a man who had a disorder where he only wore, uh, he, he was basically a never nude, but instead of wearing a, a you know, cut off jean shorts under right, his clothes, right. He he was an always nude, but in a but in a an old school like a, <laughs> a booze barrel or something. He wore a big, oh, like we're talking the barrel, yeah, the barrel with the straps. Exactly. Oh wow. Okay. Exactly. So he wore this uh, barrel around, and so he goes to visit his family for Christmas, and they all are fed up with him and his barrel. And uh, and again, some lighthearted moments, but I mean, through most of it is a lot of uh, serious talk where they're like, what's the deal, buddy? Like, we got to get to the bottom of this. And he's like, this is me, buddy. Accept me or whatever. <laughs> um, um, but at the end, somebody convince, convinces him uh, that he doesn't need to wear a barrel um and the whole punchline at the end is that he uh, he decide he get oh they give him uh well he gets well how did they how did it work in the end it, I don't know he gets some presents or whatever and somebody uh-huh. who I don't think is in the family sends him a present and it's empty 
Oh. But the okay. note says, because uh, he has to, like, s- psychologically, he feels like he has to wear something, but he doesn't want to wear a lot or whatever. I don't know. But it, but it had nothing in it, mm-hmm. but the note was like, you know, it took me a while to, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember, but it, the the point was that it was his birthday suit in the. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> so that was the whole thing at the end. He, he comes down. And he's like, "I got uh, this new suit," and they're like, uh, "And he's just naked." So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pretty bad one. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um. <laughs> Also, uh, so for one of my classes, which was not a script writing class, but we had to come up with like a show or something. Uh huh. I wrote uh, a weird show that would have never worked, but my my class, my uh, my my the people I was doing my project with, my project buddies, thought it was great, uh-huh. um, which is very nice of them. They saw that I had vision. But the show would never have worked. It was a, uh, it was a guy who worked in a pawn shop. And, oh, okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this it was supposed to be a sitcom about the goings on in the pawn shop or whatever. But the first episode, you basically follow an inanimate object around. Somebody loses their wallet in the pawn shop, and you kind of f- meet the characters through. Different people seeing mm-hmm. the events that went around the the wallet uh, going missing, and in the end, you find out where it is. Um, but it was just a kind of a weird way to introduce the characters. And one of the people in my group, I remember, were like, "Dude, you could if you could follow a different object every week." And I was like, "That would that would never work." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I was just like, thank, yeah, great thank idea. you for your input. Great idea. Love it. Uh, we're gonna put that on the back burner. Uh, um, no, but uh, but I yeah. So I had a whole like rogues gallery of characters in there and my favorite was uh was the local uh uh Sk- skater punk was it he? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he was a skater kind of punk kid uh he he had no name other than t-sock and uh and the few times that he's in, like was in the uh the script he would uh he would uh skate Skate through the scene basically, just from like right to left, and just yell real loud, T Sock! T Sock! And uh, yeah, there you go. But uh, I don't remember what happened to the wallet, which was the whole point of the script. But, anyways, I got an A. So there you go. Yeah. So that I, is. Oh, really? Really good stuff, but you gotta. It takes a lot of work <laughs> to put everything together. Dude, that is for yeah. sure. To make something actually good that works and that's funny is, you know, that's hard. It's hard. It can be right. very difficult. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, you know, we had like I don't know a week or two to write in my script writing class, which were the first two or for my script writing class, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I'm giggling to myself. I'm writing stuff. And then you go back and you read it two days later and you're like, oh, that doesn't really land. Right. And you basically, to make it 
so good and punchy, you have to work on it every day for hours for all two weeks that you have to write that thing, um, which I could never do. So mine never turned out that great. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude. there were some people in that class. I remember we read this guy's script about he wrote it for Christmas and it was like this whole debacle of the reindeer. And it was hilarious. Uh, debacle. What do you mean by debacle? I don't know. It was, well, it was some situation that occurred with the reindeer that was not good. So there was some kind of debacle, (laughs) debauchery, some kind of situation that went on and there was some name calling and they didn't like each other and they were, you know, upset and blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't, again, I don't remember the specifics. Uh, I probably have it somewhere. Because uh, we all, the the scary thing about this is you would write it and then you would go and you'd have a table read. <laughs> like, Ooh, okay. when you turned it in, you read everybody's scripts. Right. Like, you know, through the course of a week or whatever. Right. They would assign characters and you, and you would read it as a table read, you know, and, uh, it at that point it's very clear which ones are funny because people laugh you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. if it's good you're like ha ha and if it's not you know obviously they weren't all comedy there was there was uh, a lot that were just straight serious or whatever but uh dramas um but yeah those are tried to be funny you're like yeah you got a couple of them or whatever and there was one guy in my class that liked my stuff a lot and he would like laugh and he's like he gets it Hayes gets it, um, but nobody, well, a lot of people in the world are just like, huh? Um, but, yeah, there you go. So, you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, yes. I'm trying to think because there's a lot of, you like, little little scripts, but I that was, that was probably, that definitely was one of those most flushed out for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like... That whole chase scene and all that kind of different stuff. And yeah, I thought it'd be pretty sweet. But I mean, like I said, a lot of a lot of things since then, um, you know, yeah. have been have been used and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm just like, oh, man, why did I write that down? Like, why did I do something? But right. I also don't have the, uh, you know, $40 million plus that it would take to do that chase scene <laughs> so yeah wouldn't have, right wouldn't have done a lot but well i remember reading your choose your own adventure movie script thing yeah i do not know what happened to that but that was all right you don't have a copy of it no no i do not oh i might yeah. have a copy of it somewhere Oh, well, if you do, I would love to revisit that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had had a copy of it for a long time, so it might still be around. Um, So I will let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd be really hard to do on a podcast, but... (laughs) Very difficult. Read that that out, but... Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got one more thing for you guys. Well, you one thing is. becomes two things since we each uh, do a new. And so, uh, Taggart, what is your new? What is the new? Well, I, I, I want to talk briefly about the song Danger Zone. Ooh, 
by Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Or recorded by Kenny Loggins. Did he not write it? No, he did not. Ooh, so this we'll is what I want to talk it. about. Let's we'll get, get into, into it. Get okay. Into so for those who don't know, Danger Zone, 80s smash hit from the soundtrack of the movie Tap Gun. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, so good. Um, We're not paying for the rights. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kenny Loggins has... Uh, at this point, so we're we're in, in post production. They're doing the, the the songs for the movie. He has at this point he has recorded "Hanging with the Boys," which was a, a, a different track on the same album. You remember the scene, guys mm-hmm. playing volleyball. Anyways, yes. um, he wrote that song for the soundtrack, and that was his tune. And he recorded it, and it's on the soundtrack. Um. Danger Zone was a song that they had already that they wanted somebody to record for the soundtrack. Okay. Um, but for multiple reasons, people kept turning it down. Um, so the first band that was slotted to sing Danger Zone was none other than uh, uh, the... Mm-hmm. Songsters of the hit smash Africa. Toto. Toto. Okay. Um, so Toto was asked to do it first, and they turned it down, and I don't remember why. Well, no. I think it had to. I think of a to, Toto version of that song. Right? Yeah. That would be, that would be crazy, but also good. Um, mm-hmm. But they uh, they... They thought as a band or some of the band members thought that it might that movie might just be promoting war too much and they were like, ah, we don't know if we could do that uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, and so they turned it down. And then it was offered to uh, uh, Starship. Um, Jefferson Starship? Right. Okay. Um, and they, for similar reasons, were like, yeah, we were big, like, uh, uh, protesters for, like, the Vietnam War. Like, we, I think go kind of goes against our brand to promote <laughs> okay. this kind of Air Force movie. So they didn't, they also turned it down. So at this point, the guy, the guys who are doing the soundtrack, they're, like, behind schedule. They don't have a guy, anyone to come and do this song. And so uh, the the producer of the album finally was just like, get me Kenny Loggins on the phone yesterday. Um, and they call up Kenny and he's and he's like, the guy's like, look, we need this song recorded already. Like, can yesterday. you can you do it? Mm-hmm. And and all Kenny said was, is it an upbeat song? And I think. I think they had called his manager or something. I think he was talking to his manager. Okay. He was like, is it an upbeat upbeat song? Because Kenny at that point was writing all these ballads. So he had like all these slow songs for his show. And really what all he was really concerned about was if he could get an upbeat number for his, uh, for his shows. Cause really in that day, in those days, like soundtracks could be huge if the movies were huge, you know? And if the movies weren't that 
big then the song disappeared into obscurity right off the bat if it was a song that was actually recorded for the movie you know right um but, i'm so, trying to think of one but obviously i can't exactly obscure so right. so he was like either this goes nowhere and i get a song for my show that's upbeat and i need it to fill the void in my show which is still a win or mm-hmm. it becomes a big hit and i still have an upbeat song for my show so also win um and so he was like, without ever hearing the song, he said, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, and so they sent him the song and he went in like the next day and laid it down, um, which I thought was a pretty crazy story for like uh, the time frame at the end. I might have. I don't know. But they but they yeah, he, he got in there like super quick and recorded it. Um, and, and there you go. That's the story of Danger Zone. So, so, so I want to have to give mm-hmm. props, or I have to give. So, I have to give credit to whether this is. I watched this series uh, by this YouTuber dude called Professor of Rock, and he has this series now on Vivo where he learns about stories of songs and this is where I learned about this story. So I did zero research for this. He did all of the interviewing and things like that. So there you go. But uh, I thought it very interesting um, story for that particular tune which of course was huge. So Hmm. Okay. There you go. That, yeah. That is, that is actually super, super interesting in the fact that it's just like one of his most remembered songs and yet it is like a last minute (laughs) right you know sight unseen he's like i'll do it third person (laughs) to do it kind of kind of thing right yeah no that's that's pretty crazy um killed it killed it yeah i mean it's a great song i love and like I don't know. Yeah, because I think I would think, you know, you're tied to a lot of songs and everything like that, and like some, I guess, you're not maybe so passionate about, and like right. it's kind of like uh, Wal- uh, Wallace Shawn uh, from The Princess Bride, <laughs> right? Is he? He's that's what he hates the most, but that's what he's most remembered for, or like Harrison Ford, you know does not want to be remembered uh, like for he doesn't want to talk about Star Wars but that's what he's most remembered for right and everything like that and so it's pretty it's pretty interesting um, Wallace Shawn for those don't don't know is uh Vincini Vincini the this inconceivable bald yes. man yes. right um funny thing about that is that uh, he that was one of his first acting gigs did you know this? Did you listen yeah, to the Yeah, it was it, it's it's one of his well, yeah, like cuz he did some theater and stuff and then this is right. Yeah, but he was like uh I don't know. He had a pretty scholarly job before. I don't remember what it was. Right. Like a real job. Um anyways, he just he just throughout the whole production of that movie thought he was just going to get fired cuz he thought he was absolute trash. Um well, yeah. And he's great. He's great in that movie. 
Yeah, so. and he talks about it in uh, yeah in the book um, as you wish. As you wish, yeah. Where yeah, yeah. he he says specifically that his agent, his agent was the one that really caused the biggest problems because Rob Reiner was fine, but uh, his agent told him that they wanted Danny DeVito. Right, right. And so, but Danny DeVito wasn't available, but there was a chance he might be. So that also added to the. Well, if we get Danny DeVito, we're just going to fire you because that's who we wanted in the first place. Right. And so the so, whole time he's thinking he's going to come free and I'm doing so terrible. Yeah. I'm going to get him in and I'm going to get replaced. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And then the kicker also was he had to do the inconceivable Iocane powder scene that first day. His first was that day. His first day. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the other thing he says. He's like, he's like, to agents, don't tell your stars that they were passed over for another famous star that might be available. You know, like might come right. in and steal the show. And to directors, don't have people film their hardest most intricate scenes because sometimes it takes a little bit to get into character to figure out right, who the character the is. Well, and so everything. many actors say yeah. it's like third day you're like, okay, I know who this character is. Right. You know, as much pre- preparation as you could do a third day into a movie shoot, then you're kind of like, okay, here's the groove. Here's mm-hmm. where this guy is. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to do the hard stuff right at the bat. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, as a non-actor myself, though, I mean, you haven't seen Mystery Milk. <laughs> Some of my best work. <laughs> Uh, so, so such good acting. Someone literally thought it was a hundred percent real. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. That's my only claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the best. Um, so I was thinking of my, the new for, yes, for me and everything. And, um, I would have to say, um, we've been watching a lot of Explained on Netflix. Ooh, I, you... I have seen it. I have had some desire to watch it, but I have not watched any. So uh, for those who don't know, Explained is uh, kind of just a topic-based show where they, they choose um, some uh, kind of seemingly random topic uh, right. And do a little mini documentary that's only like half an hour long on it. Uh, there's ones that like there's one about billionaires. There's one about uh, the ones that we watched most recently were diamonds. Okay. And uh, we watched code, like coding, like uh, computer oh, code and such. Okay. Um, and I just was going to share two quick things uh, with those um, that uh, were relevant on, especially like the diamonds thing. Yeah. Because I guess when I was a kid and I heard cubic zirconian, you know, and like cubic zirconian and uh, moissanite and all that kind of different stuff as yeah. uh, artificial diamonds, what I thought they were was like artificial to the point where they were like, glass or plastic right because it's like oh nobody wants a fake diamond 
And I'm like, well, yeah, because a fake diamond is like what you pick up at like, you know, Walmart in the non-glassed jewelry part that's just on that little carousel, Lazy Susan thing and with the little you know foam <laughs> slots that you you Waltz know pick on out one side yeah exactly you know you got uh, and everything like that so that's what I thought like cubic zirconia was and all that kind of different stuff because I'm like oh it's super cheap it's maybe just like a step up from this you know but right. it's gonna break because I you know diamonds are the hardest thing in the world of course you want a diamond you know you want it because it's like you know you could cut glass with it and everything right right well I mean. Since then and, um, you know, everything, I'm like, oh, so those are actually, like, laboratory diamonds. But I guess one of the things that I didn't uh, fully understand until I watched this uh, documentary is um, how you can tell a real diamond versus a uh, artificial diamond because the artificial diamond is too perfect, that there's no real diamond out there that's more than, you know, an eighth of a carat or something like that, that it has some flaw in it. Right. Whether right. it's the color or the there's an inclusion or something like that. And the other thing that they said was like, oh, yeah, these inclusions are like, you know, from the, uh, like, uh, from the inner core, not the inner core, but the outer core of the earth or from the mantle, you know? So like the inclusion that was, that's in there, you know, was, you know, drawn up from like the center of the earth almost. So it's like, okay. Oh, that's kind of cool. But anyway, so, but whereas a, um, artificial diamond, they have a way to do it now where it literally layers, um, the lattice, the crystal lattice, uh, carbon atom by carbon atom. So it is like, perfect so they're and just they're just 3d printing diamonds atoms basically. on top of each yes. other to make these like quote-unquote real diamonds but right obviously laboratory made right so Dude, that's crazy yeah but the other th- kind of kicker to that is um like you would think like oh man now i want like something that's artificial and stuff like that but de beers like the big big diamond you know, distributor and everything like that. Yeah. They actually now have a, a, um, laboratory. They produce laboratory diamonds. Uh huh. And they're actually undercutting other laboratory diamond companies and stuff like that to try to get the gap between earth diamonds and lab diamonds, like to spread out. So the demand for laboratory diamonds are like, oh, because they're non-conflict, they're just as good, they're maybe even better. The prices for them have gone up and up and up. So they're actually like trying to bring the prices back down by like selling theirs like cheap. So people like... Oh, really? So because people put it in that bucket where they're like, oh man, those are kind of cheap. I don't want the cheap one. Give me the good one, I guess. And I'm like... Ugh, if you're basing your decision just off of price, that is the worst idea. <laughs> like, but that's what so many people do is they just say, they, they look at two things and they're like, Hmm, the name brand is like 
a little less than twice as much. So it has to be better, right? Because why would they, why wouldn't they just, you know, if it's cheap to make it, why don't they just sell it at the cheap price? So it's got to be better. And that's how people think. And that's right. what what De Beers has been going off of for so long is, you know, oh, if we keep the prices high, then people will want to pay those because then they'll feel like they're getting what they deserve and they're not like, ah, I bought the cheap diamond and, yep, turns out it was a cheap diamond. It's like, no, I got the expensive one and it's good. Like, <laughs> when, in, when in reality, they're probably all perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah. When in reality... You know, it, it'd be like, oh, well, this is this is too perfect. You know, it's like as perfect as it could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, you are uh, not going to get a clearer stone like than this, and it's just like, oh. And I think that's that's fascinating that people. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I don't know. I always go if I can go cheap, I will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I just thinking about it like. You know, they they do those little social experiments and stuff like that where they'll put things at like three price points and people will, you know, go towards the, the higher one just because or whatever or the the uh the test that they did with the wine tasters, you know, where they uh gave them different wines that they told were expensive and different wines that they told them were cheap. And they were like, Oh, the more expensive one is obviously so much better. It's like, it's the same wine. You can't tell the difference. Like you literally just admitted that you cannot there that you <laughs> like that. You're just doing this because you have an idea of it and stuff like that. So yeah, right. I think um, it's a really good show. The other thing about it though, is it does kind of have an agenda <laughs> for yeah. sure. Is It's definitely, a little bit more of a, um, yeah, like it, it paints, it paints with a very specific kind of brush. So gotcha. it's fine. It gets, it gets good information out there and everything like that. It makes you think, but I would highly recommend it on Netflix. There's several episodes and, um, yeah, go watch nice. it. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And uh, with that recommendation, we also recommend if uh, you guys like our show, then uh, uh, tell a friend, you know, then you guys can both listen and then you can both get the question of the day. Yes. Listen, write a comment, rate us on Apple Podcasts. You know those things that people ask you to do. It's nice and we appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate you guys for joining us today. Uh, Or if you listen to this over several days. Uh, you know, 10 minutes at a time or something, then... Then that's crazy, but thank you. Kudos to you. Dude, I could go for a kudos bar. Oh, dude, that is uh, definitely a topic for a future episode. I was thinking about kudos this week. Get out. 100%. I was like, man, why don't they make those anymore? Write that down. Yeah, (laughs) kudos. Kudos. All right, well, a little teaser for uh, later... (laughs) for you guys thanks everyone (laughs) thanks so much for jumping in okay bye bye